Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, Mets fans, and welcome to the Happy Recap Radio Show for this April 23rd, 2017. I'm JB. EJ will be along in a little while, and uh, we'll be talking Mets baseball throughout the hour here on the Happy Recap Radio Show. Glad to be back after a brief uh, week off for the Easter holiday, and appreciate each and every one of you tune in every week. Uh, a lot been going on in Mets land over the past two weeks, and most of it not anyone would call particularly good. Uh, least of all uh, the fact that we're on Sunday Night Baseball again tonight, so uh, we have that to deal with. Uh, so this is technically a pregame edition of the show, and uh, welcome to it. And uh, as we all know. Um, a lot of things going on, a lot of bad things going on, and none the least of which are the injury situation with this team. And we're anticipating a conversation here a little bit uh, with our good friend, Dr. Selen Breck, uh from the Fantasy Doctors, who um, checks in and uh, will give us an up-to-date overview of the many, many injuries going on with the New York Mets right now, and certainly... Uh, uh, none, none the least of which are the fact that Ioannis uh, Cespedes is currently unavailable to the Mets and sitting on the bench, uh, gathering up uh, plenty of time to uh, not be on the disabled list. And uh, certainly an area of controversy for a lot of Mets fans, uh, especially as it relates currently right now to Travis Darno, who's also been hurt um, and uh, who is not in the lineup again tonight. And uh, and Ioannis Cespedes is the, the after the new collective bargaining agreement, the minimum disabled list was reduced from 15 days to 10 days. And a lot of fans are up in arms saying that these are two guys, specifically Darno and Cespedes, that should be on the disabled list and that there absolutely should be replacements at the major league level for both of them uh, waiting for them here um, in New York coming up from Las Vegas. Uh, That being said, Matt Reynolds is in the Las Vegas uh, lineup today for the first time after four days of uh, a hamstring injury himself. Really, there's not a lot of options at AAA. Let's just be honest. Let's call it what it is. Not a lot of options at the AAA level. Uh, but let's go down the roster of, and roster sadly, probably the right word. Um, so, men, of course, mentioned uh, Travis Darno and uh, Joanna Cespedes. Also on the Mets list right now, we've got uh, Wilma Flores on the disabled list with a right knee infection. Lucas Duda, hyperextended left elbow. Um, you have uh, Seth Lugo with depending on what you, some type of elbow malady that doesn't seem to require Tommy John surgery, at least yet. Uh, you've got um, Steven Matz, who continues to have a mystery elbow ailment. Uh, Brandon Nimmo, who um, hurt himself uh, back in spring. David Wright, who, you know, unfortunately is perpetually injured these days and uh, likely won't be seeing him for a while yet. Um, at fact, he was moved to the 60-day disabled list to allow for um, um, Familia to come off of the uh, restricted list earlier this week when his suspended suspension ended. Um, that's, I mean, certainly enough to field an everyday lineup. It does not help that you have um, Jose Reyes, who I think every Met fan wants to succeed. I mean, and, you know, it's it certainly, you know, a lot of people, myself included, have big problems with Jose Reyes and his 
off the field behavior, especially the uh, off the field behavior um, exhibited in Hawaii a couple of years ago. Uh, but um, the um, the reality of it is is uh, this this looks like a Jose Reyes who's completely lost. This is a Jose Reyes who looks like he does not belong on the field in any way, shape, or form at the moment. A Jose Reyes that was supposed to be given a several day mental break um, after Friday's game pinch hit yesterday and is in the starting lineup tonight. Not exactly sure what mental break he got there. I, I think the general expectation was two to three days off. That being said, I think we all know that, you know, the fact is the Mets don't have a bench right now, uh, thanks to these injuries and the fact that we're playing with a full roster uh, of players, yet a, not a full roster of available players, uh, certainly makes for a situation that, you know, a lot of people like to point the flame at Terry Collins, and boy, he does deserve it sometimes. And these past two weeks have been stark reminders of the fact that he does deserve it sometimes. However, um, it's really hard to maneuver a one-man bench. Um, I think, you know, there, there's, certain, you know, there's certainly a little bit of a uh, path to be granted there, uh, but um, it'll be very interesting to see how things play off. And uh, certainly my... You know, my my rant for the day is um, regarding the the things you can't do at this juncture. Um, it is April 23rd. The Mets are under 500. Let me state this as plainly as I can: this team is not that bad. Uh, and when I say this team is not that bad, I'm not minimizing the fact that the Mets are below 500. What I'm saying here is the Mets are not as bad as their record indicates. They have a combination of things going on right now. The reality of it is, and I've said this each of the past two seasons and my, on this very program, and in both cases, as you know, the Mets sniffed and or chomped at postseason action. So the point is that this is not a team that was built to be hitting every ball, spraying it all over the field. This is a team that, yeah, they are dependent on the three-run homer. And Apparently, thanks to Jay Bruce, our new first baseman, um, you know, the fact of the matter is the Mets are getting those three-run homers on occasions. Um, you know, Cespedes certainly has had his share of home runs as well. When you have a shortstop batting 100, and for a good port- first two weeks of the season, he's your leadoff hitter, um, you have a problem. Um, Neil Walker has not been much better. You have yourself a problem. Um uh, you have a bunch of hitters behind him who are streaky, such as Lucas Duda. Uh, you have yourself a problem. Uh, you have um, uh, Darno, who's been playing above his station, or at least closer to the station he was promised to be at when he first uh, came up, certainly. But um, you know he, he's been playing at a different level, and uh, I think that uh, when you look at the Mets and their statistics there really aren't a whole lot of excuses you can make, but there's also not a whole lot of blame systematically that you can throw out for everything. There are blames you can put. This is on Terry. This is on Kevin Long. This is on the player themselves. This is on their psychology. This is on the weather. Uh, you know, there are a lot of different areas of blame, but there's no one universal thing. People could say it's all Sandy. It's all Terry. It's all Ray Ramirez. It, it's all the, uh, Ghost of Jay, Jay, you know, 
Jay Horowitz, who isn't even dead. So, I mean, you know, this is, these are the type of things that people can and will blame, but the reality of it is there's no single blame. The problem, what that means is there's no single fix. And that's the question, and that's what's going to define the 2017 Mets. To an extent, yeah, they'll be defined by their record on paper. But what we saw in 2016 was basically the same roster, save for a couple of minor leaguers who have come up, obviously. The thing that we saw out of the 2016 Mets was resilience. We saw them with an ability to win when their best players were on the bench and in the trainer's room. That is what we saw from the 2016 Mets. Right now, the 2017 Mets are not showing that same gut. They're not showing that same instinct. Now, you've got a couple guys that are playing the hell out of ball right now. Uh, you, know, you will not hear me say negative things about some of these guys that are just absolutely ripping it up. Uh, whether it be out of the bullpen, I mean, you know, Josh Smoker, obviously, you know, Noah Syndergaard goes without saying, you know, the, the Harvey has looked really good. I mean, you know, a lot of, a lot of things in, in the bullpen can <laughs> be chalked up to overuse. And you combine that with three starters coming off surgery, uh, not wanting to put them late in the games in April, uh, combined with the fact that you've got, um, you know, a couple of uh, long games. We've certainly had a penchant for uh, games that have uh, not been decided early. Let's put it that way. And um, you have a formula for bullpen overuse, and these guys are going to need hazard pay soon. Let's ca call it what it is. And some of that's absolutely 100% on Terry. I am not absolving Terry. Uh, I am not absolving his use or, let's be honest, grievous misuse of the bullpen at times. I'm, I'm not discounting any of those things, uh, but certainly um, I am saying that there are multiple reasons for um, what's going on and why. And, um, you know, the fact of the matter is some of the Met fans that let's just say that panic city um, has a, uh, we're under new ownership um, banner, new, new management has moved in and they're now accepting tenants. Uh, Panic City is growing by the day. Um, I, I still consider myself to be several miles out in a nice, calm, quiet bunker, uh, watching all of them and, and laughing at the moment. But uh, certainly, um, you know, the old adage is true. You can't win a division in April, but you can lose one. That being said, the Mets are in an advantageous place at the moment. Um, the reality of it is, as bad as the Mets have played, there are a lot of good teams playing badly right now. That works the Mets' advantage, obviously. You have, I think it's seven out of the ten playoff teams, as of a couple of days ago, were at 500 or under from last year. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is, the American League East leader right now is Baltimore. Uh, you have a lot of teams playing below station. The Mets are four and a half games behind the, the Nationals, with the possibility of falling, you know, five and a half back and just a game ahead of last place Atlanta. That's not good for April. That's not good for April. But if you look at it, you've got San Francisco in a similar position. Mind you, our playoff opponent last year, they have lost three in a row, much like the Mets. Uh, they've gone three and seven over the last 10. 
against um, against formidable opponents uh, in their division, albeit playing Colorado right now. But they got uh, they got beat yesterday, and uh, I haven't looked at the score yet today to see how they're doing today. But you know, the big thing about the Giants is, of course, what happens to them? They lost Mad Bum, and you know, without Bumgardner, Giants are in a lot worse position than if one of the Mets starting pitchers went down, even if it was Noah Syndergaard. Um, certainly not wishing that, not hoping that, not expecting that. But the reality of it is, is with this team as it's currently constructed, they're in a better position to turn it around than some of the other playoff teams from last year that uh, are currently floundering. You know, when all is said and done, I don't think Colorado is going to win the NL West like they're doing right now. Uh, I don't think the Cincinnati Reds will be just uh, creeping up behind the uh, Chicago Cubs angling for the second wild card position like they are right now. I don't think the Arizona Diamondbacks will be your first wild card winner from the National League. These statistics right now are fairly upside down, and that's just how it happens at this time of year. That being said, there's time for concern. The reason for concern. There's certain Mets not hitting. You don't know what to do with you don't know what to do with Jose Reyes because Right now, you have to play him. Unless, unless you can disable Travis Darno and bring up Gavin Ciccini, who's pretty much the only guy from AAA you can bring up right now as an infielder. Unless you can do that right now, um, your, your option is playing Jose Reyes more days than not and hoping against hope that he snaps out of it. A couple experts I know and I've talked to over the past couple of weeks seem to believe he can do that. Um, to me, I think he looks completely lost. Um, I, don't, I don't know what is going on with him. But that being said, it's something that has to be solved. I think the, the Mets' number one priority is if they can salvage this season, is going to have to be at the trade deadline going out and getting a third baseman. You can bring up Gavin Cicchini. You can even go out and sign Kelly Johnson um, and have him ready probably in a week or two for, for uh, game action. And they may very well go out and do things like that. But if this team is going to succeed, they need a high-caliber, everyday third baseman. And I'm sorry, David. It isn't David Wright anymore. And it won't be David Wright ever again. And that's the tough reality in 2017. I mean, I am one of David Wright's biggest fans. I'm looking at a fathead of his across the floor floor for me on the wall. Um, I am a David Wright fan. I believe this man deserves a great amount for what he has given to this team. I think he's one of the best Mets of all time. However, you know, it, it's, it's, it's time for the, 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 not so much the parting of the ways, but I think it is time to perhaps put less hope in his return than we previously had. Now, David, if you're listening, go prove me wrong. Please, buddy, go prove me wrong. I want to be wrong here. As a Met fan for almost 40 years, I want to be wrong about David Wright. Uh, But the Mets need to think about the future. They need to make that, hey, we have Todd Hundley coming back from injury to play catcher, but Mike Piazza is available mentality. That's the mentality you have to have at this point for this team. What's the missing piece? It's a bat in the lineup. Where are you going to put it? Third base is the most available position you're going to find somebody at. And there could be a couple of really decent ones available, either as a rental or perhaps 
something more long-term. I think that the, that's something this team has to do. The one thing this team does not have to do, and I am amazingly unanimous in this opinion with myself, they should not call up Ahmed Rosario. They should not call up Ahmed Rosario. Now, it's going to sound like I'm repeating that a third time, but note the subtle difference coming up. They should not call up Dominic Smith. That's right. They should not call up Dominic Smith nor Ahmed Rosario. And the reason being, besides the obvious financial implications of bringing up two potential Super 2 players before the deadline in June, Ahmed Rosario is a future all-star. He is potentially a future MVP caliber candidate. He is probably one of the more impressive Met prospects to come up, certainly offensively, in the last 15 years. Perhaps since David Wright, perhaps since Jose Reyes, perhaps since Edgardo Alfonso. Uh, This is a very, very special player. And no amount of anxiety, no amount of wondering what if and how and all these different things should make you rush this kid up. He is going to be at shortstop for this team for a very long time. And I have no interest in seeing that start on April 24th of this year. I have no interest in seeing it start on May 25th. The earliest you'll see me caving on that opinion, provided he keeps up what he's doing at Las Vegas, which, mind you, until the past two, three years was just hitting singles, literally. He had a 343 average with 18 hits, all of which were singles. Two, three days, he's managed to step that up, and he's, uh, he's, he's hit some doubles and gotten some uh, extra base hits. But uh, you know, he is going to be a very special player. He has got the phrase, his motto, don't be surprised, be ready. Well, guys, let him be ready. Let him be ready. Let's see him in the, after the All-Star break if we still have needs. Let's see him next season. If that's the case, let's see him in September as a call-up. Same with Dominic Smith. I, I would I would say that he is a guy that you can see anytime after the Super Two deadline if you continue to have injury issues with Lucas Duda, but you really shouldn't see him before that. Uh, and I would hope that the Mets would be able to hold off bringing him up beyond that. I would hope that we could get a little bit more time. Uh, with him getting some seasoning at AAA. But the fact of the matter is he's playing good baseball, he's a good first baseman, and he's going to benefit this franchise at first base for a couple years and allows us to walk away from Lucas Duda at the end of the season. These are all good things. And the reality of it is, is, again, you don't want to mess with it by rushing him up. And if people want to know what's rushing it up look like, uh, that's, that's what Michael Conforto looked like the first two and a half months of last season after getting off to his hot start before they sent him down. That's a player that's been rushed because he was, he was brought up in August of last in 2015, got hot, pulled us through into the playoffs along with Cespedes, got off to a hot, hot start in April. And by then the scouting report was out and he didn't have the maturity to adjust. That's the key here. Getting off to a hot start in AAA means nothing if they haven't had to adjust. And the more adjusting you have to do at a new level, the better off you're going to be when you have to make that adjustment at the major league level. 
So let these kids be kids. Let them play it up in Vegas. Let them hit ghastly high batting averages, 340, 380, whatever, you know, whatever the numbers. You know, let them hit those. Let them get out of the extra base hits. Let them find whatever power, specifically in Dom Smith, that you're going to find. But don't rush the kids. Um, that's, that's kind of my big diatribe for the week. The rest of it, it's got to kind of fix itself. Uh, you're not going to find a trade in April. You're not going to find an available replacement for Jose Reyes internally or externally on April 23rd. You can bring up Gavin Ciccini, absolutely. But how, really how, are you going to do that with what you've got right now? And, you know, the question is, okay, you know, fair question. You know, specifically, uh, and Granderson's kind of come out of his funk a bit, uh, but I was being asked earlier this week, you know, where do, when do you give up on Reyes and when do you give up on, on Granderson? Well, Granderson, for me, if you look at his stats, April and May, have never, he, he's not a cold weather player. He just isn't. Um, for, for a kid from Chicago, he doesn't handle the cold all that well. Um, and, and that's okay. He heats up, his bat heats up June 1st. Uh, it's pretty much almost science at this point. Um, so June 30th, if he, if he hadn't heated up or he doesn't heat up, if, you know, if he falls back into it here, uh, June 30th is when I say that's a guy who needs to be riding the bench. June 30th is when I say, let's, you know, I, you know, maybe the, maybe the Mets can trade him to the AL to be a DH and pick up a, a middle reliever for him. Maybe and that's when I say, see a Grandy until then I believe in Grandy. I think he's going to come out of it. Um, I think, you know, the reality of it is I should think he should be playing a little less uh, once Duda comes back. Uh, but overall, uh, Granderson is, is not on my list. Jose Reyes, I don't see how you can keep him on your roster past Memorial Day if this keeps up. Now, some people are going to be, that's, that's five weeks away, man. That, that's way too long. I get it. But there's a little thing in gravitas in baseball. There's a little thing, deserve it or not, veterans get a certain level of preference. You can't send them down. You've got to cut them. And if you're going to say goodbye to Jose Reyes, you've got to be sure. The combination of what he's meant on the field to this ball club, to the fact that, again, kind of tough to replace him when you don't really have an everyday third baseman on the roster. And by releasing him, you're basically saying, TJ Rivera and Wilmer Flores, when you're healthy, you're my third baseman. That's going to intimidate jack squat negative no one and that's kind of the problem you you kind of have to gamble unfortunately on jose reyes at this point it's frustrating and some people will say it's sad but it's just what you have to do and that's why it's like memorial day maybe some either the cream has risen to the top on jose reyes it's curdled or you have another option internally uh and then or at least something that can hold you over till maybe you can get something in a trade until the trade doors start opening. And I mean, Ken Rosenthal said it best uh, or back in January. This is going to be a massive trade deadline season. There are going to be more deals than usual. Um, he expect, There are a lot of deals that didn't get done in the winter that could have gotten done. Uh, certainly, I mean, I think you know, <laughs> a lot of people, uh, until his recent resurgence, were like, maybe that's when we finally get rid of Jay Bruce. Uh, now I'm starting to see tweets uh, saying, so uh, should we re-sign Jay Bruce? And that's certainly a topic for another day. But you look at that 
Bye.